A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hey everybody, welcome to Not For Nothing. We are in week three of February, which is Black History Month. And for this uh, episode, I brought someone that I've been dying to have on the show since the very second I met them. Uh, it is my resident expert on all things Golden Girls, my friend, Danielle Soto. Hey, Danielle. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so flattered that you asked. I, I, this has been months in the making. I've been, they know, everybody listening knows I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, which is fine. We have to do that when we have very busy lives. But I started back this year with a vengeance because I brought on all my fabulous new friends. Uh, And for the month of February, I've been starting each episode with um, a Black History Month spotlight. But I'd like, like last week, uh, when, or two weeks ago, when Michelle and Flo were on, I found the French black man who founded Chicago. And Flo is French, and so I thought, hey, let's talk about how he founded the city of Chicago. So I really wanted it to kind of be able to spotlight something related to what we're talking about. And you had ideas, and I love it. I did, Do you want to do our spotlight for the day? Sure. I love it. So there are two people that I want to spotlight. One of them is a writer, comedian, and another Golden Girls expert. Her name is April Denise Kimball. She is on Instagram as at the Black Blanche. And to be totally honest with you, Kyle, there was not a ton of black representation on the Golden Girls in the cast or the crew. This show was on in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, Some folks might say that that is a valid excuse. Others would say it wasn't. But what April does is she does this incredible job of reaching inside and grasping out all things that celebrate the black community Mm -hmm. in regards to the Golden Girls. And she also is really good at like holding her favorite show accountable. And she's good at yeah. reminding everybody that you can love this show. And you mm-hmm. can also say that they didn't always get it right. Right. And so she's a very understanding, very brilliant, very funny lady. So everyone, please go follow April Denise Kimball on Instagram. And she actually reminded me of a super wonderful um person that I should mention as well, who is Aaron Scott. A few years ago, there was someone who went viral on, was it TikTok? It might have even been before TikTok, (laughs) but I think it was TikTok, who sang a very um, church version of the Golden Girls theme song, like played the theme song, and then over it went, whoa, uh uh-oh. I remember that. I I sing it way too much it's so (laughs) freaking good and that is aaron scott he's on instagram um at finally underscore aaron he's incredibly talented and i had the pleasure of meeting both of these people Mm -hmm. at golden con which is a convention for golden girls that's held in chicago every year so far there have been two and i'm always invited to host panels and they fly me out there and it's an amazing weekend where you get to Basically, 
be in a cult, but like the best cult I ever where they don't ask you to be on a weird diet or not talk to your family anymore. Right. Although there is a lot of cheesecake. And to bring it to the point that why they are worthy of a spotlight for that, because I had Hattie McDaniel on the first week. I had the founder of Chicago on the second week. And here we are in the fourth week. These two. And I think we need to be celebrating people like this who bring context and accountability to the art that we love. Because shows like uh, The Golden Girls could lead to other black stories being told. A generation later, or maybe not even a generation later, a, a sort of a decade later, we have four women living in a space, uh, living single. And that's the women's stories lead to women's stories in different ways. And I think uh, people who can find a joy in the past and also hold it accountable is really important to black history on a broader scale. What yeah, do you think? They're amazing. And also it's I'm all for like going back into history and finding people who were trailblazers mm-hmm. and inventors and all that. But like how wonderful that I can bring on to contemporary uh, Golden Girls fanatics, fans, mm-hmm. uh, experts, historians, and you know they're people you can follow right now. They're making yeah. new content, new content, and and that sort of leads me directly into our uh, episode today. But before we do, I just want to say, April Denise Kimball and Aaron Scott, y'all are amazing. I love your work. I love your voice, Aaron Scott. Please do this with more. More theme songs, if you want to. I would love to hear other theme songs turned into some gospel, because I'm from the South. We love gospel. Um, But they are basically, for all intents and purposes, they're nerds for TV. Yes. And so are we. Also, I want to say that if anyone out there has a platform that has a lot of viewers or listeners, please book black people. Not just this month, but always. Right. I, I love that. That is true. That is something we all need to be doing more of. Um, but yeah, them being TV nerds, just yes. like you and me. Yep. That's where we bonded. We set up camp in TV land and we were like, hey, let's talk about it. So um, there are lots of shows that I love more than others. Golden Girls is one of my very top. But you are my, in my life, you're the expert. Golden Girls. So let's go right back to the beginning. How did this happen? How did you become so in love with this show? Absolutely. So I started growing up watching Nick at Night. I always, always liked, we talked about earlier, the facts of life, mm-hmm. different strokes. I watched I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. I watched All in the Family. Golden Girls never came across my radar. Like, never. Really? But I knew I loved classic television. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Particularly the Norman Lear shows. Yeah. Uh, so, just never crossed my radar. I don't know. It wasn't on. So, I didn't know what it was. And then I go- went to college. I went to UMass Amherst. And I'm now, like, I guess this I was 19 years old at this time. And I had a roommate who had a snoring problem. <laughs> like a freaking freight train this woman and i maybe i should have a little more sympathy for her but she wasn't that nice to me but anyways (laughs) i could not sleep ever uh and i would like miss class during the day because i had to take naps i was situationally an insomniac 
Mm-hmm. So I would just stay up all night and I had this little tiny TV. And at the time, like you would like screw your TV into the wall of your college dorm and it would oh, give you yeah. like 16 channels. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. And it'd be like the local news. And anyway, for whatever reason, one of the channels was Lifetime. And all night they would play the Golden Girls. And so all night I would stay up and watch the Golden Girls. And I was like, oh, I just have to like. So this wasn't your sleep show. This was what you did while you couldn't sleep. Right. Yes. This <laughs> is my stay up all night. A lot night of people watch it. They go resentful. to sleep to it. And uh, yeah. So this was your <laughs> resenting your roommate while you love these roommates. For, correct. I love Oh, that. I love that you said that. Yeah. They became my good roommates <laughs> when I had a bad roommate. And. So I stayed up all night watching and at first it was just a distraction, but then I like really like tuned into it and I was like, wait a minute, this is so funny. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first line that made me laugh out loud. It was Betty White. They were at a protest for animal cruelty because Mm -hmm. some sailors and fishermen were attacking dolphins and they had signs and everything. And she said something about how the brown bear and the little field mice can be friends, but they can't mate because the mice would explode. And I laughed so (laughs) hard. I was like, and maybe I even woke up the roommate. I was about to say, did the roommate wake up at your laughter? (laughs) She's like, shut the hell up. She's on a podcast right now talking about me and how obnoxious I was. So I was like, wow, this show is incredible. And from there, I just kind of like in the best way possible spiraled. And I started like looking at the Wikipedia pages for the actresses. Mm -hmm. I wanted to watch everything that they had ever done. I wanted to learn about them. With your um, with your proclivities for watching Nick at Night, had any of the women come on your radar before this show? Because Maude was a very prolific um, Norman Lear show starring B. Arthur. True. And and Rue McClanahan was on Maude as well. True. And the answer is no. I <laughs> knew who Betty White was because yeah. Betty White is just kind of like yeah. a In the staple. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a social staple. But I don't even think I knew about be Arthur and the one thing I will say is that I used to as a kid we would go to Walt Disney World and in what was then called MGM Studios Mm -hmm. they had a backlot tour which is a lot like what we do yeah except they don't film like anything there right so like why did they have a tour yeah but (laughs) one of the things on the tour was the house from the Golden Girls so I certainly knew the title I so was it was fa- the real house from the Golden Girls. It was the real facade. Facade. Although in the first season, they used a real house, which is in Brentwood. And then going onward, they built a facade that was in Orlando. Oh, wow. It, I never clocked it. They they did a good job on the, uh, yeah, the facade. Yeah, there I've were seen two different episode, ones. So. One's a real house and one's a facade. So, yeah. So I was aware of the title. I was aware of Betty White. Uh, a little maybe be out there. But the thing about Golden Girls, and I always say this, is that if you see Sophia, you see the white wig, the bamboo purse. I don't care if you've ever seen an episode of the Golden Girls. You know something real smart is coming out of that mouth. You just know. Yes. So there's like there's certain things on television that even if you've never seen an episode, you just know. Mm-hmm. It's it's I guess it's a sign for a really popular show. Mm-hmm. And I, I not to get just jump back and forth on a timeline, but I have always loved multiple camera sitcoms. That was sort of my jam as well. I, you were looking at my shelf over there. I've got I Love Lucy, The Brady Bunch, Three's Company, The I was Nanny. Rolling around on Kyle's floor, <laughs> saying, "I'm a kid in a candy shop." I know it's well, I because I I spend way too much money on 
the well i don't what's on dvd or blu-ray if it if it's available is the shows that i do not want to never have access to i want to always be able to watch it when i want it if some kind of TV apocalypse happens and they wipe all of the streamers clean of all of our shows. I've got them on DVD and you and I can hunker down with some cheesecake and watch our shows. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I have that. But then also everybody that I become fascinated with in my journey, because I do the exact same thing as you do. I go down the Wikipedia page. I want to learn about these people. I want to know what brought them to this show. And then inevitably they're going to write a memoir or five and I buy them all. And yes. I keep them on my shelf. So I, I moved uh, to California from Boston in 2014. I was 26 years old. Don't do the math. And <laughs> in my two suitcases, two suitcases, 26 years old, you ac- accumulate a lot mm-hmm. of shit. I had seven seasons of the Golden Girls on DVD. Oh my gosh. I, love I probably it. left behind fam- family heirlooms yeah. from like the old country, but I had my DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so. So that started in your college dorm room, and now you have a podcast that you do called Dr. Cheesecake. Yes. Can we know a little bit about that? Yes. So Dr. Cheesecake is a podcast where my guests come on with a problem in their life, and I solve it using an episode of The Golden Girls. Mm. So problems that have been brought to my attention have been, I am too competitive. I overbook myself. I... Uh, have sibling rivalry oh, yeah. um stuff about dieting stuff about dating stuff about family uh and i've had over 50 episodes and some of my favorite parts of doing the show is that i've had on a lot of friends uh come on and it's always fun to do these things with friends but mm-hmm. it's also uh that i've gotten to interview some people who were involved in the show but yeah. are also like super fans of the show. I love that. I but I'm never, it. I'm not afraid of a virgin. So if you've never seen the Golden Girls, sometimes people are like, oh, I'd love to see or come on your podcast, but I've never seen the Golden Girls. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. Like people, I've metaphorically used you as um, a beautiful, oh, sorry, you were saying <laughs> <laughs> as a catalyst to bring it to people's lives. Cause Robert, my significant other who is not named Robert, we all know this. <laughs> Uh, he's now watching Golden Girls when he goes to sleep and he, cause my roommate is into it and I'm like, it's a brilliant show. Yes. You need to be watching it. And he started watching it and he loves it. He's like, these old ladies are funny. And I'm yes. like, they're not that old actually. And that, the older I get, the, the younger they are. And that's the thing. So on my tour, I talk about the Golden Girls, not that I'd ever filmed on our lot, mm-hmm. but, um, I do talk about it a lot and I always like to I like to play guessing games with the guests. So I'll go for example, we're driving down Colonial Street and I say this is where they filmed Desperate Housewives, which was yeah. created by Mark Cherry. Before Mark Cherry created Desperate Housewives, he was a writer and producer on a television series about four grandmas living together in a house in Miami. Does anyone know the name of the show? And I purposefully do not say old women living together. Yeah. I say grandmas because at one point or another, all of them were grandmas. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that they're being called old ladies. They are like in their 50s and 60s. Well, recently I've been seeing these uh, posts on social media pop up where people will superimpose modern haircuts of 
50s and 60 year old women onto them and i'm like they look so much younger it was just the it was just the uh the time of the age to get a perm in the 80s let me tell you what we don't need (laughs) 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 we don't need people comparing these ladies to jennifer lopez on the internet jennifer lopez is a talented beautiful woman so are the golden girls yeah we don't need people imposing haircuts on them being like, look how young they could have been. They were beautiful the way they, they are. They really were. I People make fun of B. Arthur's costumes. I think I love every single one of them. There's not one that I don't love. Right. They, <laughs> they dressed I, Rose a lot more ridiculous than they dressed She was Dorothy. a little more like cardigan-esque. Dorothy was very, she, those Chanel earrings, you know the ones I'm talking about. Of course. The gold ones. Yes. Uh, I'm like, that's classy AF. Yeah. Guys. She she was so tall, so like she could wear these like floor length mm-hmm. outfits, dresses, pantsuits, and yeah, I loved I loved the costume on the sh- costumes on the show. Yeah, I and this is funny because the show went off the air in 1992, right? The 91 92 was season was its last season, and then it transitioned to Golden Palace in 92 93. Is that correct? It started in 86, so it would have had to finish in 93. Okay, yeah. So that um, with that. I remember distinctly because my grandmother, I've talked about it on the show a little bit, but my grandmother was who got me into television. My very first memory of all of life was that I used to stay with my grandmother while my mother was a school teacher. My grandmother lived across the street in Bug Tussle, and I, I'd love to do an episode at some point about the three women that I watched drink coffee. Mm. That was it. Because coffee is so important to me, and I've written about it a little bit, that the reason coffee is such a positive trigger for me is because when I was growing up, from birth until I was five years old, started kindergarten, my mother, and beyond, when I was even in school, we would get ready for school, then go across the street. My aunt, who lived next door to my grandmother, would come over to my grandma's house. We would go over there. We'd all sit around the table. And the three ladies, my my aunt, my mom, and my grandmother would drink coffee and just talk for 30 minutes over a cup of coffee. Then they'd go about their day. But when before I started school, my uh, grandmother kept me. She was, I was, she was, I just stayed with her. And so I would play after they went off to school for a couple of hours or watch cartoons. But at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m., the, uh, the soap opera started. So that's when I had to go down for a nap. And then at noon, I would get up from my nap, and she would watch. She would turn on I Love Lucy, and then make me lunch. Aww. And then in the afternoon, I'd go into the back bedroom on this teeny little TV, you know, the one that had the turn knobs, and I'd watch the afternoon shows like Lamb Chops Play Along, uh, Thomas the Tank Engine, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, Sesame Street. But for that one moment with the cross section for thirty minutes at twelve to twelve thirty. Um, she would turn on I Love Lucy. And that was my first memory of watching I Love Lucy with my grandma. And she gave me a love for television. Uh, what I didn't find out till much later, there were two episodes of Lucy, but she turned it off to watch The Bold and the Beautiful. But that's a whole different issue <laughs> for my therapist. Uh, <laughs> I do want all the listeners to know that Kyle is wearing an I Love Lucy t-shirt and drinking out of a Golden Girls mug. <laughs> this, I mean, you and I are nothing if not on brand today. Yes, that's so real. <laughs> so, that's so real. But all I'm of so that. so consistent. Uh, to say my grandmother gave me a love for television and sometimes I would even spend the night with her and I have actual memories of watching the Golden Girls 
as it was on TV, the first run episode. Wow. It was very young. Yeah. But TV was sort of, you know, they say scent is your closest tie to memory. I have distinct memories of watching television with my grandmother. And I remember watching Golden Girls and thinking, these people are great. So one of the most beautiful things that I found through my Golden Girls work is when people share their Golden Girls origin stories and the connection it has with their family memories, uh-huh. like what you just told me. I've heard a version of that story so many times. Um, I have heard, you know, one of my friends from college was like, yeah, we were um, in my grandma's camper. We were like doing a wow. road trip and she saw us watching like MTV and she was like, no, no, no. Or maybe it was Nickelodeon, but she's like, no, 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 you cannot watch that. That is trash. And no, watch something wholesome like the Golden Girls. And then they put on <laughs> the Golden Girls and it's like the most raunchy, disgusting right. talk so about sex funny. and orgasms. And like the grandma had no idea. Um, yeah, there's so many like how you discovered Golden Girls. And I would say nine times out of 10, it was mom or grandma who was watching yeah. it with the grandkids. So it, it really like connected generations. It really did. And not only that, I just feel like, because I sort of anthropologically dig through old multiple camera sitcoms. I, that is kind of my jam because they used to do so much with them. They're used to, I feel like it used to be such smart writing and they would even allow for quiet moments. Now, I think the problem, frankly, is that they want to joke every 10 seconds instead of letting it breathe and letting mm-hmm. us sit with these characters sometimes, which yeah. we did. Because the Golden Girls actually really did do some hard-hitting issues and some serious stuff. Very much so. Very much ahead of its time. Um, they dealt with issues like gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did addiction. They did gambling addiction as well as drug addiction. They did slut shaming. There was an episode about a trans character. There were episodes about black characters and racism, mm-hmm. um, homophobia. I remember I mean, Rose just, um, was afraid she was she contracted AIDS yeah. from a blood transfusion. That's an episode called Seventy Two Hours. Oh my gosh! And and that was so. I feel like that was probably more important than we might even realize. To bring some of the talking points to the public because, you know, they they did do the tropes of, oh, this is a bad person's disease. And then they go into it of the ways that it's it's okay, what you can, how you can contract it, how you can't contract it. Yeah. And all that before. Yeah. There's in that episode, Sophia is afraid to share a coffee cup. With mm-hmm. Rose because, and they're like, Ma, that's ridiculous. Nobody gets AIDS that way. Yeah. It's not contracted through saliva or whatever it is. Um, but before that episode, there was an episode, I believe it's season three. It's called The Days and Nights of Sophia Petrillo. And the premise is that the three ladies, Rose, Dorothy, and Blanche, are having a very, very lazy day. And Sophia goes, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go buy a nectarine. And you know, they're just being lazy all day. It's a rainy day. They're like, maybe we should redecorate. Maybe we should bake <laughs> something. And they're just being lazy. Well, the dichotomy side of it, Sophia's out and she's on the boardwalk leading a boardwalk band. And then she goes to the grocery store and she buys a nectarine and she fights <laughs> with the manager and she stands up for an old woman. And then she goes to the hospital and she's volunteering at the hospital. And it's just like these three ladies are having the laziest day. And the oldest one, Sophia, is having like... A super busy, crazy day. But while she's at the hospital, 
she's visiting with someone who they refer to as your boyfriend came to see you. And she's like, <laughs> Sam, Sam wheeled himself out here to look for me. And Sam turns out to be like a 12 year old boy. Oh, and they're playing cat's cradle to, you know, that string game. Is yeah. that what it's called? Cat's cradle. I, I think that's one name for it. There's also, a, I think a Jacob's ladder to that thing. So whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're like playing that string game together and chatting and, Sophia's like, oh, by the way, I brought you this nectarine. And Sam is like, Sophia, it's not going to help. And she's like, you have to eat. And he goes, once they goofed up my blood with that transfusion, there's nothing anybody could do. You know it. I know it. And she goes, no, but we have hope. We have hope. And as long as we have hope, that's all we need. And he goes, and a nectarine. She goes, and a nectarine. And she oh touches gosh. his face and holds him. And this was something that was happening truly in the real world with a young yeah. boy who got a blood transfusion and they, he contracted HIV that way and they kicked him out of school. Wow. And it was like a media frenzy and he kind of became this little celebrity. I think his name was Ryan White. Wow. Uh, let's fact check that one. But it was torn from the headlines. They had taken this thing that was happening to this real kid in the real world and they put it into the context of Golden Girls and they presented it to their audience as you cannot be afraid of kids like this and you cannot be afraid of this disease the way you are. Yep. That's it. Ryan White. Yeah. yeah the Ryan White story. Yeah. That's so interesting. And and see, and I just, I miss a day when they, when shows understood that they, yes, we're here to entertain. And there are some ridiculous episodes that are just, just hilariously funny. But they also realized they had a little bit of a platform. But the thing about the platform episodes was that they never, ever sacrificed the humor. No. It was no. never not funny. Yeah. And that's, and that's the important part. But uh, with that, I got, I have to ask you. A couple of very specific questions. Okay, and then I have some questions for you. Okay, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, so first and foremost, do you have a favorite episode? Yes, I do. What is it? It is from season six. Is It, it is an episode called Witness. Witness. So the hard thing about this episode is that it is a two-part episode, and I like the second part. So whenever I want to show it to somebody, I have to show them the first one. But also they <laughs> don't come back to back. You know how usually like on Roseanne or Full House, the yeah. like two part episodes would be back to back. These ones are not. Um, this was a second part episode to an episode called Miles to Go. Basically, Rose has this longtime boyfriend named Miles. He tells her that he's in the witness protection program and that the cheese man, who is the gangster that wants to kill him, faked his own death is out of prison whatever it was and i don't know why i can't remember because i never watched the first one <laughs> i only watched <laughs> the second one but he's basically like i have to go so it's an episode about rose's boyfriend leaving her to go back into the witness protection program then there's an episode where miles comes back and that is my favorite episode it is also the episode where blanche finds out that she is one eighth jewish <laughs> oh, I love that. She's applying to be part of the Daughters of the Confederacy, and you have to prove that you are 100% uh, Southern born. Like, all your great-grandparents <laughs> have to be from the South. Yeah. And so they're going over, like, um, the documents from her family tree and everything, and Dorothy finds one, and she goes, uh-oh. And Blanche is like, what? She goes, well, 
the woman who married your great grandfather was born a little north of Savannah. She goes, <laughs> how far north? And she goes, Buffalo. <laughs> You're a Yankee, Blanche. A Yankee doodle. <laughs> and then she goes, did I mention her last name was Feldman? And Blanche goes, no. No, I can't be Jewish. <laughs> oh, my God. It is such a... From top to bottom, it is such a funny episode. It is also the favorite episode of Elliot Glazer, who was on Broad City. He oh, yeah. ha- he has an incredible show that he travels around with through Los Angeles singing like opera versions of pop songs. He's amazing. But Elliot Glazer, that is also his favorite episode. So when he came on Dr. Cheesecake, we just like threw aside the like come on with a problem and we'll talk about your but we're like no we're just gonna watch this episode and talk for an hour about how much we love it i love that it's the best i'm gonna go back and watch it tonight oh my gosh and see it and miles to go is the first part if you want to watch them both yes uh all this all this information will be in the show notes um but now second question do you have a favorite character I always say trying to pick my favorite golden girl is like trying to pick my favorite orgasm. <laughs> They're all good. They're all They're good. They're all good. <laughs> they really are. Is there anybody So not picking, what do you love about each one? Can you concise put, put that in a concise way or yeah. is that just like a yeah. whole other episode? I'll try to do a sentence for okay. each of them. Yeah. Uh the thing that I love most about Dorothy is that she presents so strongly but she is very sensitive yeah. and she is very delicate. And when you get to see that side of her, it just lights up the entire room. It's uh-huh. so great in those moments where Dorothy acts like, you know, there's this episode where she's like, oh, you guys are being ridiculous. I'll go in there and I'll find out. And then she comes back a second later and goes, I want my mommy to come with me. <laughs> so at the moment, she's vulnerable. Yeah. Blanche is every who everybody wants to be. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your priorities are. At some point in your life, you wanted to be Blanche. You wanted her confidence. Beauty, you wanted beauty, her beauty, her sex appeal, yeah. her flirtation. She is who everybody wants to be. It's not who we all are. Yeah. But man, we all want to be Blanche. <laughs> we, it's true. Uh, my favorite thing about Sophia is her wit yeah her quickness her quick wit uh-huh. uh i think that the way she takes care of everybody despite it's very in all honesty and i've heard this about bostonians a lot is that there's nice and there's kind yeah and they're not the same thing and sophia is not nice but she is kind yeah she really is. But really it's the it's the it's the comebacks. It's the one liners that yeah. I love about Sophia. And then Rose. My little Rose. <laughs> I love her so much. Just her innocence, her sweetness. I think I've become a more charitable person because of Rose. Really? And all the girls. I mean, they are all very charitable and they work and make donations and volunteer. Um, but I think Rose does the most of that. Yeah. And she's she's yeah. She's like the lead in a musical that nobody else is in. <laughs> I think I heard that somewhere. I love that. Yeah. Um yeah, well for the last question of this sort of round of like, hey, let me just pick your brain about what's your favorite. Do you have a favorite line from the show? Yes, I do. 
It is from the AIDS episode. Oh, okay. Rose is sitting in the waiting room and she's waiting to get her blood test. And she says, I haven't been this scared since the only volcano in St. Olaf threatened to erupt. Luckily, there were some druid priests in town for the opening of Stonehenge land, and they said that they could stop the volcano by sacrificing the town's dumbest virgin. (laughs) I don't know why I raised my hand. (laughs) I laugh out loud at that line so often, so frequently. There's there's a bunch of lines that get me every time. There are so many good ones. We... We could literally sit here for four hours we just really quoting could. the Golden Girls. I think two of my favorites are always Dorothy, because I love Dorothy's wit. Um, it's the one where Blanche is dating a uh, a younger man, mm-hmm. and she's what is it? I think it's uh, stri- strictly speaking, Dirk is nearly seven years younger than me, or is it seven years? Or five I years. Think five it's five years. years. She says, frankly speaking, Dirk is nearly five years younger than me. And Dorothy just straight faced as all get out. She goes, In what, Blanche? Dog years. <laughs> In that same episode, Blanche is doing like her aerobics yeah. and she's on the floor and she's got her legs up in the air. And Dorothy looks at her from the couch and goes, The only time I get in that position is when I'm giving birth. <laughs> That episode was written by my friend Stan Zimmerman. Really? Yes. I love that. He wrote the uh, Blanche and the Younger Man. He wrote The Flu. And he wrote Adult Education, which is the one where Blanche gets sexually harassed by her professor. I remember that. And people don't believe her at first because she's so sexual. Mm -hmm. Sex positive. Uh, My other favorite line is same in the same vein, same delivery, basically, uh, is when... um, Blanche says, I haven't worn, well, I haven't weighed 99 pounds since I was in college. And she says, Where you did you go to college, Blanche? The University of Jupiter. Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> and that to me is such a smart, it's so intelligent. Yes. Because you'd have to have done really well in sixth grade science to know that the gravity on Jupiter is less than on your on Earth. And you weigh less because there's less gravity. And it's just so stupid. And I love it. It's (laughs) quick. It's smart. It's funny. (laughs) I love them. I love them so much. You said you had some questions for me, though. Yes, I did. Um, So we can't have a conversation about the Golden Girls without asking, which girl are you? Which girl am I? Yes. Not who is your favorite. Yeah. That's different. But who are you? You know, in the same way you would say Gryffindor, Slytherin. Right. <laughs> right. I think I think some people, upon, upon first glance at me, people would say, oh, you're a Blanche, because we're both Southern. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I think a lot, I think I would want to be a, a Rose, someone who sees the glass half full. I... <laughs> For better or worse, I'm a Dorothy. Okay, <laughs> I'm 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 quick witted and I'm very salty mm-hmm. at times. You've seen it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> would you agree that I'm a Dorothy? I would. Yeah, I would agree uh, with that. And also a little self deprecating, but I can do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I am a rose in Blanche clothing. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I'm an aspiring yeah. Blanche. I would love to be a Blanche. I've had my moments. But also that, the yeah. thing about Betty White's character, Rose, is that she wasn't not slutty. Yeah. She also had a sex life. She had boyfriends. Uh-huh. But like, there's an episode where 
Uh, Sophia needs a virgin to help her make a sauce. It's like an old Sicilian oh, tradition. Yeah, I remember that episode. And she's like, I need to find a virgin. And she looks at Rose and she goes, when was the last time you had sex? And Rose goes, a mm, couple weeks ago. <laughs> like, just so <laughs> innocent and matter of fact of like, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I'm not yeah. gonna, I don't have to tell you who it was. It's just like a uh, few weeks ago. Just <laughs> I okay that. that's yeah so um i would say i am a rose because i go on very very long tangents when i'm telling stories yeah. i tell two stories at the same time uh i often use the expression i like to circle the airport before i land like <laughs> i yeah so storytelling is a big one for me and and also for rose um and then also i like to consider myself pretty sweet i think yeah, i'm a you very really sweet are. person you actually have the sweetest delivery of anything that I ever could imagine. Every time you say something, I'm like, she makes it sound so great. Oh, thank I love you. it. I think there's a little bit of all of them in all of us. Yeah. Except for, I'm not a Sophia. Maybe. I always think I can't cook. And that's another thing about Rose that applies to me is yeah. that Rose cannot cook. She always makes these like disgusting things <laughs> with like, you know, sturgeons. <laughs> well, and if you know me too, there is some Sophia in me as well because I am a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever heard a story from me, I don't tell a lot of the stories on the podcast that I tell in real life, but most all of my stories in real life end up with someone dying. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, well, then she died. That's I can't help it. People die in the South a lot more frequently and uh, but also a lot yeah i guess a lot of sophia's stories ended with somebody getting you know uh, doing swimming lessons with a cement kickboard yeah. from the mob <laughs> but also rose had a lot of deaths in her stories as well people yeah. getting like thrown into um what are those machines that they use on farms that shred things up oh um the incinerator mm, something like that i'm a city gal i don't know <laughs> and i grew up in farm areas yeah. and yeah, I don't still don't know. Uh plow. Does a plow chop things? Yeah. Okay, so maybe a plow. Yeah, a maybe. tractor. We'll tractor. Pull. Is that tractor. What it is? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a city mouse. I don't know. Um and then this wasn't a question. This was just a statement. But I want to wish you a very, very happy Rue McClanahan's birthday. Oh, wow. Is Which that is today? today? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's so great. Well, to, to be uh, completely transparent, we're recording on Wednesday. This will be out on Friday, Okay. two days from now. So, but if you yeah. still want to have cheesecake, that's okay. Two days ago, if you're listening on you the day of, you can eat some cheesecake for Rue McClanahan. You can eat two-day-old cheesecake. When I was living in New York, I went to the Rue La Rue. Yes. Uh, which was on the – it was in the – I hate to insult anyone who really, really wanted that restaurant to work. It was in the wrong neighborhood, and I think they knew that. Mm -hmm. They had to have known it because it was on the. Uh, I was in Washington Heights, yeah. which is not the neighborhood of New York to put that in. You should have put it down in the village next to the big gay ice cream shop where they had ice cream named after named after Golden the Golden Girls. Girls. Yes, I so. know that because a I've been there and I've had the Rue McClanahan. It was delicious. I think it was a Dulce de Leche. Yeah, and then also I did a Golden Girls trivia where I won. Duh. <laughs> you should probably edit that out. That made me sound like an asshole. No, no, but it's fine. It's I'll, if, it, if it sounds good, I'll keep it. Okay. If not, it won't. You sh if you keep it, you also have to keep the part where I go, you should edit that out. Yeah. Okay. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so I won Golden Girls Trivia. Uh, and I, my prize was a book from that 
ice cream parlor. Oh, and wow. it was signed by like I guess all the founders of it. Oh, and nice. it's on my coffee table. I love that. Yeah. That's so great. So now mm. uh I just want to open it up for a freestyle for a moment. Is there anything that the listeners should know about you, about the Golden Girls, any behind the scenes that would add any kind of enlightenment to this episode? Sure. Let's see. So in regards to me, I am on, you know, TikTok, Instagram. I've got my my podcast, which I would really like to come out with some new episodes soon. It's been a minute mm-hmm. and I would really like to get that started up again. So, you know, please keep an eye out for all that stuff happening. In terms of the Golden Girls, what are some of my favorite Golden Girls fun facts? Uh, Okay, so we can take it like way back. And this is like stuff that, this is funny because sometimes people will be like, oh, you like the Golden Girls? Did you know? And then proceed to tell me something that isn't true. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have to be like, "Uh, actually... (laughs) So Did you know, in fact, yes, <laughs> that is uh, I didn't know that because it's not true. Uh, so initially, uh, when they were casting it, uh, they wanted Betty White to play Blanche and they wanted Rue yeah. McClanahan to play nice. Rose. But Rue McClanahan had just played Vivian on Maud and she played kind of a dum dum. <laughs> and then Rose or Betty White had just played uh, Sue Ann Nivens on Mary Tyler Moore and played yeah. like a real nympho. So they had them audition that way. Yeah. And Rue McClanahan has done interviews where she was like, I really wanted to play Blanche and I knew I could do it so good, but they wanted Betty to be Blanche. And so <laughs> I, I went in and I had to write, you know, read for Rose. And then all of a sudden they were like, could we see it? as Blanche could we see you do Blanche and she was like oh uh sure okay <laughs> just kind of like wasn't expecting this and then she like kills it of course and so then Susan Harris who created the Golden Girls she had previously written on Maud she actually wrote the abortion episode oh wow uh, Maud's decision Which that was, the, was or Maud's dilemma was that the first time there was an abortion on TV, like not on TV, but like the discussion around it on TV. I don't know the answer to that. I feel like I feel like I heard that. Well, and you don't need to know the answer to that because you never touted yourself as a Norman Lear expert. You touted yourself as a. I'm also girl not an abortion on television expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but but that was groundbreaking, and these ladies have been part of groundbreaking television before. So, very much yeah. so. Exactly. So. Susan Harris knew B. Arthur, but she also knew that B. Arthur did not want to do another series. Yeah. And so in the pilot episode, Dorothy is described as a B. Arthur type. Oh, wow. And so B's manager or agent went to her and was like, hey, I hear you're doing this new show. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm not <laughs> doing a new show. And so then... She gets a call from Rue McClanahan, you know, her yeah. good friend from Maud. They had a very good relationship. And Rue was like, I hear you're not going to do this Golden Girl show. Like, why? And B goes, and this is Rue. This is Danielle doing an impression of Rue doing an impression of B. Arthur. Rue, I have no interest doing Sue Ann Nivens meets Maud and Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Rue goes, no, 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 it's not like that this time. This time, I'm the slut. She's the moron. <laughs> and Dee goes, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> then did the show. Didn't I hear somewhere also that they um, uh, uh, they tested for B's character, um, Elaine Stritch? Yes, but she improvised. She ad-libbed. So she actually did read for that role. Yes, but they didn't like that she was reading lines that were not written on the page. And that's very valid because if you watch the show, it's brilliant, brilliant writing. And if Don't veer from it. And if you watch the Emmy award-winning speeches from all four of the women, they always, always credit the writers. Yeah, they, they do. They're always saying this show would be nothing without the writers. So yeah, you don't want to uh, read lines that aren't there well and there was one time because i again i tout myself as the the lucille ball expert by proxy i love lucy um when desi and lucy won the emmy for best sitcom in the 50s they weren't giving writers emmys then Mm. and they said in their emmy speech it's a shame that the writers can't accept this award because they're the ones who do it. And that's always been true for sitcoms, good yeah. writing. So yeah, absolutely. The show had incredible writers. And I think if you asked the writers, they'd be like, we had incredible actresses. Yeah. So there was like that really, really nice relationship between the two teams. Estelle Getty hadn't done television before the Golden Girls. She was found because she was on Broadway doing Torch Song Trilogy. Oh, wow. And she was playing the mother of uh, Harvey Firestein. And that's how she was discovered. And it was supposed to be a one-off. It was supposed to be one episode where Dorothy's mother comes to visit and it happens to be the pilot. And then she was so phenomenal that they were like, okay, this is, this is the show. So it was only supposed to be the three women living together. And Coco the gay cook. And Coco the gay cook that was in the pilot. Yeah. That's wild. And we never saw Coco again. Is there anything beyond, it just didn't work? It was for his character or was there a more of a story of a conscious decision? What I've been told and what my understanding is that the role of Coco was going to be the quick witted insulting one. Yeah. And so when Sophia filled those shoes, there really wasn't anything for Coco to do at that point. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, we can't have two of you and we really like Estelle Getty. Yeah. Which it's interesting because you can see interviews like these three women's lives intertwined so much because uh, B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan was on Maud, but then Betty White and Rue McClanahan was on Mama's Family. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they all just, they were working in TV. And then here comes uh, Estelle Getty, who just was not a part of that world. Right. But she feels like she should have been. Yeah. Like, I really think she should have been. But. Another fun fact that everyone wants to tell me that isn't true is, <laughs> did you know that the woman that played the oldest was actually the youngest actress? I, I That drives me insane. Yes. And I go, you're so close. Estelle Getty played B. Arthur's mother. B. Arthur was older. Yeah. Betty White was the oldest. Rue McClanahan was the youngest. Right. By like 10 years, right? Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah. Yeah. She was uh, She was in her 50s, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Let's not go into the math because <laughs> I, I not that'll screw this up. I didn't go to school for math. <laughs> um, but I always like to do um, uh, a, a little bit of a, a deep exploration of the 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 grander picture of all this i always say at the beginning of the show a conversation can change the way you think how you feel or even what you believe so no matter what the conversation's about it's not for nothing and i think those uh monikers can be true about 
whatever we talk about. The Golden Girls. How did it change the way you think? I am much less afraid of becoming old. Really? And I know earlier today we said they're not old ladies. Stop calling them old ladies. Yeah. In the context of me, they are old ladies. Yeah. Because I'm in my 30s. And it's so nice to know that life doesn't stop at 40 right. or 50. Or yeah. sixty. There you go. They're still going, and they did deal with some deal with aging issues at times. Totally, yeah. So, there was like an issue with the nursing home and how they were taking care of their residents. And Blanche did a little bit of menopause. Uh, there was a menopause episode. There was a menopause episode. episode. Right? There was an age discrimination yeah. episodes with um, Rose. So yeah, they they didn't ignore the fact that they were women of a certain age. They they definitely played into it. Yeah, um, but. They were still sexually active. They still dated. They still had social lives. They still had jobs. They still had, uh, you know, children, grandchildren. Yeah. Like, they did not stop their lives just because they hit a certain age. And I think if you had asked me pre-Golden Girls, how do you feel about being older, growing older, your birthday? I used to cry on my birthday every really? single year. Um and I can't pinpoint, it wasn't, it never felt like, because I'm getting older, it always actually felt like, no one's giving me enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> but now I really, really embrace my birthday. Yeah. I celebrate my birthday every single year, have people out, uh, and I kind of try to make a big deal of it. I'm, and I and I try to do that for other people. Like I send birthday cards yeah. in the mail. You did. You sent me a birthday card. I did. This past year. Oh, I'm nice. And I, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> I was like, this is so touching yeah, that no. you thought, you took time out to think of me mm. and it came in the mail. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Well, you're looking through bills and, and yeah. junk and, mail and, this and everything. this is a whole stack of, you're going to vote for somebody. <laughs> In just a minute. So, um, but yeah, it's like you should have something fun come in the mail. It's always nice to open like an envelope that's not something it, it negative. It was so nice. And it's in that drawer right over there. Aww. I lo I keep it because yeah. I always keep correspondence because I do write handwritten letters still. Yeah. And that's wonderful that you do that. No I one should that. feel bad on their birthday. That's and, true. Uh, and I've spent the last two birthdays with you. Yeah. Of yours, your birthdays. Yes, true. Uh, so it's it's been fun. I love I love the bar we go to to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that, or you want to keep it a little secret? Oh, because it's, it's like it's, it's based I, on a TV show. Oh so. no, that actually works. That's yeah. appropriate. It's, it's so funny. and I wouldn't. I don't even think it's a hidden gem. I think people. It's it, people. People know, know about, about it. it. Yeah. By the time <laughs> like, by the time your birthday's over at the end of the night, it's pretty crowded. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's Mr. Furley's. Oh, I have a great Mr. Furley story for you. We've got time. Like. Okay. We've got time. So uh, the bar is called Mr. Furley's, and for the, some of you listening, you're like. Duh, Three's Company. Yeah. So the landlord on Three's Company after the Ropers, then was Mr. Furley, uh, played by, oh gosh, you're going to- Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I would have gotten there. You would have gotten there. Um, yeah. So uh, every drink on the menu is like the Dirty Larry, the Crazy yeah. Chrissy, like whatever it yeah. is. So they're all named after characters. So I had a date there. Oh, also, if there are any family members listening to this, please skip ahead. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> So I'm on a date. We go to Mr. Furley's and I'm explaining to him like, oh, yeah, it's like from the show Three's Company. And he was like, I don't really watch TV. Oh, my God. Kyle's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even finish your drink? <laughs> I would have walked out. I was like, that's OK. That's OK. 
that's okay. And I just kept saying, that's okay. And internally being like, get me the fuck out of here. But I was like, that's okay. It's okay. Not everybody has to be me. I can date someone who's not me. So we sit, we chat, we're hanging out and everything. And uh, for some reason we got on the topic of horoscopes and he was like, oh yeah, I'm a Scorpio. Like, you know, can you tell me anything about that? And I'm like, no, I don't know anything about horoscopes. But I can tell you which golden girl you are. <laughs> and he responds, am I a Blanche? And I said, I thought you said you didn't watch television. Uh-huh. And he said, everybody watched the Golden Girls. So I slept with him. Uh- <laughs> oh, I love And he fixed my TV. Oh, wow. My Did- TV was on these two stands and it was like wobbly. And every guy <laughs> who came over was like, is your TV leaning forwards? And I'm like, yes, just, ugh, just ignore it. And then he was like, I can fix it. And he fixed my TV. So you go to Mr. Farley's when you're not even... It's your birthday. You go yeah. there. Oh, yeah. That was my spot for a really I long time. I love that. I love that place. I love, and Three's Company is one of my favorite shows. Of course. We could, uh, we're going to, you'll come back and we'll talk even more TV. We'll branch out. Yes. You'll I, be the TV check in. We could do a whole episode on Norman Lear alone. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, he just passed could, away this last year. Yes. At like 101. So, like, what more could you ask for? True. Betty White. I mean, he had an incredible career in life. Um, also, uh, if we ever want to, dive down into reality tv i love trash oh my gosh i do too yeah i watch the kardashians I and not ironically 90 day fiance um the, speaking of betty white speaking of turning 101 this past year norman lear uh and then i'll return to my original string of questions but betty white to me that was the most badass thing you could ever do is die at 99. Die at 99. <laughs> to upstage New Year's. Yeah. It was December 31st. Well, because everybody knew at that point, the point she was dying, they knew, or excuse me, the point that they were, that she was turning 100, they knew about it. They were planning this whole TV event. She recorded the piece for it. Yeah. It was already done. Yeah. And I just love that she's like, y'all want me to make it to 100? I don't need that. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go on my own terms. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And I'm like, she made most of 100 years. If you ever want to celebrate Betty White or her life legacy, do something nice for animals. Make uh-huh. a donation to your local zoo. Drink a glass of vodka. And eat a hot dog. I love that. That was, Those were her favorite things. Animals, uh, hot dogs, and vodka. I, oh, and Robert Redford. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or if you if you want to watch Game Show Network, you might run into Betty White. on. She was on so many game shows. Yeah, mainly Password, which was hosted by her husband, Alan Lutton. Oh, my gosh. And their I love stars it. are next to each other on the Walk of Fame. Are they really? I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. That's so gorgeous. They're really, really close to Musso and Frank's. Oh, wow. Yeah. We went. I went there the other night. Was it so delicious? It was so good, I but then I got place. a little sick because, no. yeah, I think I eat too much. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just showed Robert Mame with B. Arthur, and I've he's like, "What it. is wrong with her?" And I'm like, "That's just that's her. That's the character she plays." Um, we should watch Mame sometime. Yes, you, I think you'll really love it. Yeah. It's very campy. Um, you know, it'd be fun if we had a Golden Girls, but not on the Golden Girls Marathon, where we watched like an episode of Mary Tyler Moore. I would love We could that. watch The Proposal. Yeah. Uh, we could watch. Uh, I just watched that the other night for the first time. Robert oh, made me watch it. Yeah, it's good. Huh? It's so good. It's funny. Yeah. Um, we could watch the episode of Blues Clues where Ruba Clanahan plays Steve's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I, will you tell me what you how, how the Golden Girls changed the way you think? Mm-hmm. 
how did it change the way you feel? Hmm. Maybe about TV, maybe about life, about yourself. Did it change the way you feel about something? You know, it made me change. Maybe, maybe this is more of a think than a feel, but I'll throw it out there. Yeah. And you tell me. The way I feel about conventions and people who go to conventions and why they exist. Yeah. And I think before I would have been like, what do you mean there's like a Twins Peak convention? Or like, yeah. what do you mean that there's this like very specific anime or comic book that like, I've never even heard of this. How can so many people care enough to travel yeah. and get a hotel and go and take time off work? And now having been to Golden Con, I'm like, I totally get it. Yeah. I completely get it. The community aspect of the Golden Girls and the friends that I've made through the Golden Girls. I used to host Golden Girls trivia at Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood. Oh, wow. The pandemic derailed it, but I'd love to go back someday. I have a friend, Brandon, who I met through hosting. He just came to participate and now he's one of my very good friends yeah um so i guess how you can connect with other people and also it's hard to make friends as an adult it it's really, really is. hard so it's like very many hard. many of my friends have been through um work yeah because we're there and yeah. we're around each other a lot that's how we met through that's work. how we met yeah um but just to know that there are other outlets for connection and finding people and if you're listening and you're like i'm a little bit lonely and i need a little bit more of a social life i can't encourage you enough to go to some kind of convention some kind of event yeah about something you already care about and love because you will meet people and that will be your foundation for your friendship and you will build from there i love that also this is Probably not my story to tell. And like a little bit I felt this way when we were talking about black history. I'm like, this is not my story to tell. This is. But the way that Golden Girls had an influence over the LGBTQ community. Uh I have been cursed with heterosexuality in my blood. (laughs) I'm not proud of it. Um, But I'm a straight. Uh, But I. Well, I'm a heterosexual. I'm I'm a straight. (laughs) I'm still a gay man. But. The one time I was at a panel, I was at D23, and the panel was some of the directors and writers from the Golden Girls. This was back in 2017? Yes. And one of the things that was asked of them was, why does this show resonate with the LGBTQ community so much? Like, gay men love the Golden Girls. it's true. And the answer they gave, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, and feel free to let me know yeah is that it's about the chosen family and when so many men in the late 80s early 90s when they were coming out to their families sometimes they were very accepting and sometimes they weren't and even today sometimes they are sometimes they're not yeah but to know that you have another shot at having a family if your biological family doesn't accept you and want you there's another family out there that will and that really resonate because I had never thought of it in those terms Mm -hmm. and that's probably a privilege of mine that I never had to think about it in those terms yeah but that is one thing I really love about the golden girls is that they are role models for getting older needing a family 
and just being really and good people. I think there is an episode where they kind of touch on that, that we are family. We're going to be a family. Yeah. Um, and, and they say, like, if we ever do have to go to a nursing home, we're all going to go to the same one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it is true that I think that that does touch on it. I think in a certain time period, gay men would choose other gay men as their chosen family. I have a chosen family here that I that I identify with. But sexual orientation never had anything to do with it. It was just people like-mindedness. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I will go to the Cheesecake Factory and yes. eat some cheesecake and honor the Golden Girls. <laughs> um, they would love that. They would. But last question, how did it change your belief system? Or did it? Did it change the way you believe about, you know, maybe something spiritual, something that connects us or maybe an afterlife, maybe... Uh, not necessarily religious, but just the connectivity of humans. Or did you just touch on it? With I think my family? last answer was yeah, the I think answer that's it. is yeah. that, yeah, family can be so many different things. It can be mom, dad, kids, yeah. dad, dad, kids, mom, mom, kids. It can be grandmas and grandpas. It can be an adopted situation. It can be friends yeah. who consider each other family. Um, also, we talk a lot about like the show show and the characters, but like, looking at the actresses and just Kyle, we are in a city that so values youth. Oh yeah. It is discouraging. And uh, my dream for myself is that someday I could write for television. It's why I moved to Los Angeles from Boston. And just knowing that like Estelle Getty waited until she was in her fifties to land a spot on television and not only land a spot on television, but as we talked about earlier, become the icon. Yeah. The brand. (laughs) Uh, I think that that makes me believe in continuing on. Yeah. And not giving up. I feel the same way. No timeline. I always uh, used to say, um, I always, well, I always remind myself, why do I want to peak at youth? Why do I want my best years to be now? I mm-hmm. want my best years to be soon. Right. Because, you know, life is long and hopefully yeah. there's a lot more life for both of us. Yeah, we work with a lot of people who are, you know, in their early 20s. Yeah. And do they look at you like you decrepit old person too sometimes? They do me. They're like, <laughs> do they? they do me. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. The Gen Zers, I'm, I'm, I, this is where I sound like an old man because I'm like, Gen Z thinks that they are all there is. And I'm like, I guess we all thought we were all that we were in, in their twenties. But now that I'm older in my back end of my thirties, I'm like, there's so much more uh, that's you don't so know anything. funny that is not <laughs> how i felt until you said that and now i'm like oh my god do they i was gonna say that sometimes these uh kids in their early 20s they'll be telling me a story about like this person who was like really awful to them and took advantage of them and they like and they're like you know but like you know they're my friend and i'm like fuck that person yeah, don't talk to them friend. that's not your fucking friend they don't and i'm not like your friend. wow so maybe I, there is that side of the coin as well. Yeah. I was that. Yeah. I was that. In my early 20s, I let people walk all over me and manipulate. And I was like, I don't what? I don't miss that. Yeah. I don't miss being in my early 20s. I didn't know how to order at a bar. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do if I got a flat tire. Like, right. oh, I'm so grateful. Grateful for my wisdom that I've gotten between yeah. the age of 25 and, and 35. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back. 
I wouldn't either. I like I like aging. I like doing it moment by moment, day right. by day. Uh, I enjoy it, and I enjoy making new friends along the way, and I like having conversations like this one. And thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being <laughs> a friend. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Uh, so your Instagram handle, let's tell them all. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I still call it Twitter. <laughs> at Golden Girls Doc. So Golden Girls D-O-C. Sounds great. At Golden Girls Doc. And if you want to follow me, you can go to at Kyle Leon Henderson on all of the social medias that I have. Just look for me. If you don't find me there, I don't have it. Uh, and don't forget the Black Blanche. Uh, that's April Denise Kimball. We talked about her, about her at the top of the show. And Aaron Scott at finally underscore Aaron. And y'all, thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying television. We gave you a little bit of homework. Maybe not homework, home play. Go grab a piece of cheesecake, watch some Golden Girls, and think of our four favorite girls. And these two, me and Danielle. Woo. Thanks for coming on, Danielle. Thank you, Kyle. It let's, was a pleasure. Let's go watch some Golden Girls. Yes. Bye. Bye.